to the Feed You podcast, giving you the real scoop on raising your business to new heights. Expert education, inspiration, and motivation to fuel your purpose, your passion, and your profits. Here's your host, Elisa Connor. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Feed You podcast. I'm Elisa Connor, and I just want to say thank you for hopping in here and listening with me today and um, joining in on the discussion over on Facebook. If you want to come and join us over on Facebook, you can find me at Elisa M. Connor. And um, today, we're uh, I'm going to be talking about avoiding the overwhelm of marketing. And as you know, we are inundated every single day with different marketing messages. And the tendency is to want to keep up with the Joneses when you have a business um, with all of those marketing platforms. You have social media, you have email marketing, you have um, ad, you know, all kinds of advertising from advertising on Google to any of the social media platforms. Um, and local advertising and beyond. And so it can become very overwhelming because you're like, where should I be? You know, how much time should I spend? How am I going to get all this done? There are so many things to do. And as a small business owner and an entrepreneur, I realize that you only have so many hours in a day. And so, uh, one of the points of this podcast is to make your life a little bit easier. And so it, it, I find it interesting um, that this podcast is coming out right before the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is coming up this weekend and um, how much money people spend on advertising for the Super Bowl. And that's kind of, I don't, it just kind of popped into my head when I was recording this and um, how competitive it is to get an ad in the Super Bowl and how a lot of times, you know, businesses will look and they're like, oh, you really made it when you um, can have an ad on the Super Bowl. But if you look at who's actually advertising in that um, arena, the advertising at that point is less about marketing and it's more about brand recognition. And so um, I want to talk about that for a little bit um, because I did mention it in a previous episode recently. A lot of people get really excited about creating a brand because it's pretty and it's you know, it's interesting and it's fun and they get to pick out their colors and their fonts and the logo and all that stuff. All of that is important, but what is more important, especially when you're um, starting to grow your business is you've got to be able to market your business. And um, as I was saying, when I started this episode, um, a lot of times there are so many options for marketing, especially in our digital world, that it can be overwhelming. You, you feel like you need to be everywhere and you need to be do, doing everything. And at what point do you actually have time to work in your business or with clients? Because there are so many things to do. So I have developed a little um, system here that is three, I wanted to make sure I had three steps and not four. So. Um, three different steps to help you simplify that process. You know where to focus your time, where to focus your energy, and more importantly, um, when it comes time to, you know how to hire the right people to help you with these tasks so you can stay focused in the area that really is your what lights you up and what keeps your business going. So before we jump into today's episode though, let's take a minute and hear from our sponsor. Hey there, Elisa here. I wanted to thank you for a minute for tuning in every week, and I'm hoping that you're listening and learning and getting everything you can out of this podcast. But I'm wondering, do you listen every week and you learn something new and then you just go on about your day and never implement or execute? If you do, if that's you, 
you're not alone. You're like most typical business owners. You don't have time to figure out this marketing stuff on your own, which is why I'm creating the Simple Marketing System program to walk you through everything we talk about in this podcast and hold your hand as you go along. People pay thousands of dollars to work with me on a one-on-one basis, but I wanted to be able to offer this to everyone at a price that is amenable to everyone's budget. Since you're a podcast listener, you're getting to hear about this program first. I'm launching it in January, and I'm going to teach you all the things that we learned in this podcast, including how to attract the people you want to work with, not just everyone, how to create your first free download with messaging that converts people into your email list and then into customers. We're going to create, we're going to learn how to write headlines that incite people to create, to take action and move those people along your sales funnel so that they start working with you and paying you for what you do. We're going to create a system to track what's working and what's not so you can fix what's not working. We're going to automate your marketing process and your customer attraction process so that you can save time, money, and most of all frustration. We're also going to understand the power of and the ROI of email marketing. And we're going to begin growing your email list because it is the best way to grow your business. And last but not least, we're going to show, I'm going to show you how to get more customers for your marketing dollars and save you time, money, and get you more leads and more sales. If this sounds interesting to you, I'd love to have you join my waitlist. You can do that over at alisaconnor.com forward slash SMS waitlist. SMS stands for Simple Marketing System. And I'll put the link in the show notes. I hope to see you inside. So as we jump into this, I just wanted to give you kind of an overview of some of the things that you probably are struggling with as a small business owner when it comes to marketing. I mean, there's so many different places you can market. There's social media and all the social media platforms like LinkedIn and YouTube and Instagram and Facebook. And then within those platforms, there's actually different components. So you're looking at specifically Facebook and Instagram. Now there's Facebook posts, there's Facebook groups, there's Facebook stories. Um, there's Facebook Live. So you have not only the components within, you know, the, the components of social media, but then you have the components within social media. And then you've also got, you know, to be able to market on your website and do email and do in-person networking. Perhaps you're speaking. You've got to have freebies that you create, landing pages, opt-in forms. Um, maybe you're running ads. That's another piece of Facebook. You could be looking at Facebook ads or Instagram ads. Um, and then you've got local advertising that you could do. You could do um, hard copy advertising, um, billboard advertising, trade shows. And then of course, you've got to be analyzing everything to make sure it's working. Because if you're not, you're just burning money. And who has time to do that? Who has time or resources to do that? And so I liken it to going to the refrigerator to make like that killer sandwich over the weekend. Like my kids love to make these killer panini sandwiches and um, they go into the fridge and they start getting out all the ingredients and they've got, you know, the crusty bread and then they've got to get out of the fridge. They have, you know, three kinds of lunch meat, two kinds of cheese and the mustard, the mayonnaise, lettuce, tomato, pickles, onions, um, olives. And soon, you know, they only want to make one trip. So they're trying to carry all this at in in their arms with the fridge open and at some point something's going to drop and so whether you know hopefully it's not a jar of pickles or something that's breakable um but when you have all of these components of your marketing it's the same thing you can't juggle all these components in fact it's almost difficult to juggle just the components for one platform at this point without dropping something and so um typically 
that what you're dropping is either you're not doing it at all, or you just get frustrated and give up, or you're giving up the things that generate revenue in your business to keep up with marketing. And that's just insane. And so um, I wanted to give you some a simple format to follow to d- determine where to spend your time, where to spend your resources, and ultimately how to get traction from the marketing that you are doing without being overwhelmed and without um, freaking out about it. And the the one thing um, that I recommend to all of the people that I work with on a consulting basis specifically is, you know, we take a look and I ask a lot of questions of them, you know, where, what are you spending time on now? What's working, what's not working? And more often than not, um, when I, when I ask them, you know, okay, you're spending all this money on social media and to have a social media manager is, it's a fairly good investment. Like you're talking three to $6,000 a month if you're wanting to invest with somebody to help you with Facebook, because it's a comp, I just mentioned, it's a very complex platform. There's a lot to stay current on and um, there's a lot you need to do and know in order to get traction on any of these platforms at this point. And so, if you are not able to answer this question, you know, is it working or are you getting sales from that? Then you probably need to pull the plug on it right now until you can figure out how to measure that. And so my first recommendation for creating a, a plan for marketing that is not overwhelming and that is simplistic is to start with the end in mind. Before you do anything, before you invest in anything, before you create another piece of content, before you create a social post, um, before you do anything is, you know, what results are you looking for? Are you wanting to get more followers? And if you want more followers, why? Why do you want more followers? If you want more likes on your page, why do you want those? What is it ultimately leaning to? And um, if, you know, do you have sales that are, the end result of the increase of likes or followers on your page. I mean, I've talked before, you have Instagram accounts that have, you know, a million followers, but they have no way to monetize that. So then they wake up one day and they're like, oh, I've been spending all my time and energy creating posts for Instagram, and now I have nothing to sell them. And so if you don't have an offering or multiple levels of offerings is what I recommend, um, to give these people, then I wouldn't recommend growing any of these platforms. Like you need to have the end in mind. What are you ultimately wanting to achieve? Um, and how, you know, how are you going to walk that path to get them there? Now, I know nobody in this audience does this because you guys have listened long enough and you're tuned in enough to know, um, this is not the way to market. And it's, you know, probably, wasn't the way to market in 1975 when it started. But um, the last thing you want to do is to become like one of those guys at the mall with the lotion samples. It's like, hey, take my lotion. Hey, take this free sample. Um, And meanwhile, they like accost you in the mall and you're like, dude, get away from me with your lotion. Um, You don't want to do that in any of your marketing either. You want don't want to be the person that's shoving your products and services down your audience's throat you know, 12 times a week either. So there is definitely a balance you need to create between building a relationship and offering them a product. But what I'm saying in this step is that you need to know what that end of the end result is. Like, how are they gonna work with you? I have so, I have worked with or spoken with many people prior to working with them 
and I and I ask him, I'm like, okay, so you want to build this huge Instagram following, but in, at the end, you know, say you in your dream world, you have 15,000 followers um, that we grow for you. What are you, where are you going after that? And most of them just stare at me like deer in the headlights, like I have no idea because they haven't done the work to figure out their products and offerings. And this, this is not an easy thing, folks. Like I'm telling you right now, there are successful businesses out there that still don't have their products and um, services that, you know, lined up. And um, it is so much harder for you to go out and get a new client than it is to keep an, a, an existing client or keep moving people to the next level um, and helping them that I really want you to think through, you know, what does that process look like before you do marketing and you're going out and you're building an audience and you're doing TED Talks and you're doing all this stuff and you have nothing to sell. Because if there isn't a product related to all of that hype, it's going to be really difficult for you to stay in business. So um, I want you to get really specific with what that is when you're when you're creating that. So if you want to increase, um, so the the formula I use for this is increase blank so that blank. And so what does that look like? So if you want to increase the page likes of your Facebook page, for example, so that you can add um, a, a certain number of people to your email list, then that's step one. Um, and so, you know, how how are you going to do that? How are you going to get them excited enough about what you do so that they want to join your email? And then what happens after they join your email list? So step number one is to have the end in mind and think about, you know, what that is. And then, um, you know, you could take the next step of that would be, okay, so you want to take the number of people, on, you want to increase the number of people on your email list so that you can do what? Ultimately, invite them to a webinar or um, invite them to your next speaking event or invite them to whatever it might be, whatever you're trying to get them to do next that leads to um, the piece of your business where you're selling them a product or service. So number one is to really think through the end result, like where are you starting and then back it up from there. Number two is, um, I referenced this in the beginning, but to take a look at everything you're doing now. So many times we as business owners, we get really excited. We'll go to like maybe a conference or um, a networking event or something. We get really excited by uh, who's speaking. And so we're like, oh, I'm gonna buy their product or I'm gonna buy their book or I'm gonna get a course from them or whatever it might be. Uh, or I'm gonna invest in the social media um sweet because it's being offered by my broker or whoever it is. And I, I find that especially with like real estate agents and insurance agents and people that get kind of that product suite from their um, upper level uh, contingency, whoever that might be, they they give them a product suite to get them started. And so they, they start paying for that. And it seems like it's a really reasonable product to do, but then they realize um, they're paying for this every month, but it's not doing anything for their business because they didn't do step number one. And so I really want you to take an inventory of what you're doing. And this is a really good eye opener about where all your money is going. If you have um, a pretty good, pretty low profit margin in your business, it's probably because you're spending money on things that really aren't driving profit. And so um, take a inventory of what you're spending money on. And then ask yourself, is this actually leading somewhere? Is it making me money? Is it giving me the opportunity to make more money? And can I measure it? And the same would also go for where you're investing your time. I know I, um, when I started my business, 
you know, I was in every networking group under the sun. And until I actually stopped and I looked at how many hours I was spending. So for example, let's use BNI. And I'm not sure if I'm supposed to use that name, but Anyway, I was part of BNI. I was um, an officer in BNI for my chapter, and I spent a lot of time and energy. And I had to come to the conclusion that for my business, it was not a good investment for me. Um, now, one of the things that they they sell you is that it's you know a, I think it's three hundred and seventy five dollars or four hundred dollars a year, and then you've got to pay your monthly fees depending on the group. So you're into it for four hundred dollars to start. And then our monthly fees, I think were like 40 bucks a month. So, and that paid for the place. And then if we had coffee or anything, so 40 times 12 is another $480. So you're into it for, you know, just under a grant before you've even walked in the door. Now, when I talk about time commitment, I, you should by now have an idea of what your hourly, um, wages, whether that's, you know, $50 an hour, $500 an hour, whatever that looks like. So we'll just use $100 because it's easy. So every week you've got to plan on being at that meeting for a minimum of an hour and a half. Usually it's two hours by the time you get there and you network a little bit, you go through the meeting and then you probably have a little bit of follow-up networking at the end to set up coffee dates or appointments or whatever that is. So two hours a week. And then there's typically a requirement or a need to set up at least one or two coffee meetings. Well, those are an hour. So you're into it for four hours a week. That's $400 times four weeks is $1,600 times 12. And I don't have the exact math of that, but it's a lot of money. It's it's over $16,000. So your now $375 investment is closer to 20 grand when it's all said and done. And if you're not getting $20,000 worth of business out of that networking event where you're spending your time per year, is it worth your time and the investment for you to be there? If the answer is no, then you need to look and find out where your ideal client is and start spending more time there. And more importantly, um, make sure that whatever you're offering is something that your ideal client is interested in and wants and will pay for. And so um, it's really important for you to take a look at all of those things you're investing in, both not only financially investing in, but your time investment, because you can't get more time, folks. And if you're overwhelmed with marketing, the chances are fairly high that you're either spending time on things that are not bringing you business, or you're spending time in places and in uh, meetings and doing things that are not leading to business or have the potential to lead to business. So um, I pulled together some examples of what this looks like. And these are examples that I'm sure everybody can relate to. Um, Really important to any marketing activity that you participate in is that you can measure it. Like I just went through the example with BNI, but some other ones that you are probably familiar with that are just, you know, everybody has seen them, but the, the Valpack, we have Valpack um, advertising, which is the envelope of all of the different local businesses that they all go in one envelope and they have some sort of coupon or offer and it comes in your mail. It's usually like, I think it's once a month that comes out and then we have one that's like a magazine format, same thing. And if you really look at those, there's really no way to track how many of those come in. If somebody comes in and they bring you the coupon, great, but unless you actually in your restaurant or business 
you know, put those in a pile and add them up at the end of the day and write down how much people spent, which I'm guessing in a restaurant situation, I'll just use a restaurant situation. If you use that coupon at a restaurant, they would actually have to write down what your total bill was and then what it was after the coupon and then minus it so that they know, you know, what the actual value of that transaction was. So if your bill was $200 and you save 20%, you would minus $40 off of it. And the total profit would be $160 minus labor and food costs. So if you can track it that way, and I, um, I don't have the exact investment cost for Valpac, but I know it's not cheap. And so if you're sending that out every month and they usually put you on a, a subscription, you had better be making your money back on a regular basis from that investment. And you better find a way to track it because they're not tracking it for you. I can tell you right now, there's no way for them to track that. And so um, the other one would be a bus bench. Like I see so many bus benches here that have realtors on them. And yeah, you can get your name out there, but if you aren't already known and you're spending the money for a bus bench, how are you gonna track the people that come from that bus bench and to know that it's working? Unless you ask every single person, hey, did you see me on the bus bench? And they're gonna be like, I don't know, I heard you heard about you from Sally. And so um, just really think through before you um, invest in things. And then my last example is I actually, um, I've not had this happen before. It was kind of funny. I was like, ooh, I must be important. So um, I got a pen in the mail that had my name and business and address on it. And it's a really nice pen. And it has a stylus on the end. And I was like, ooh, this is kind of exciting. But I'm looking at it and they're like, oh yeah, here's the pen deal. You can order 100 pens for $39. And I'm like, I have no use for 100 pens. Like I don't go places and hand out pens. I'm not a realtor. And so again, these people have invested money to send me a pen, they've engraved it, and they're sending me an offer, but they know nothing about my business. And so if they would have realized that sending me a pen to order 100 or 1,000 pens is really not part of what I do, um, they would have realized that one, it's not a good investment for them to invest in all of the costs to do that, but two, just like, you know, slam blasting anybody that has the word consulting or marketing or something like that in their business name is really a poor use of their marketing dollars. And so, yeah, I love the pen. And I even thought like, oh, maybe I'll just order these because I want some pens, but I have no need for a hundred pens. So that would be ridiculous. But just think about, you know, thinking through the process of where are you spending your money? Why are you spending it there? Are your people there and is it worth it in the end? Am I measuring it so that I know that it's working? So that's number two. And then number three, I touched on just a second ago, but are you actually showing up where your audience is? And this is where a lot of people struggle. struggle. Um, so if, you're, you know, if your audience is there or has the potential to be there or um, they want to be there, those are the three, three areas that you need to think about. So I use the example of like local networking, um, but let's go to, um, let's go to Facebook, for example. So if you are building an audience on Facebook and you don't know who you're talking to, you're gonna get lost among the masses. And I tried to actually explain this to my mom the other day, and uh, I use my mom a lot because she's an older generation and she's involved, she's super involved in a lot of different things. And um, I hope to be like her when I'm older, (laughs) still involved in all these different things. But she's involved in a local charity and she spends a lot of time there volunteering. And one of her major complaints is that 
they just don't have enough volunteers and that the people that are there are older and um but they're putting stuff out on Facebook and I, and I try to explain it to her. I'm like, mom, your one post every month for your organization is being lost in the newsfeed. Like most people don't see it ever. I don't care how many times you share it. It's not being seen because you're not promoting it. There, there's so much competition and you guys are just sending it out to everybody. Like there's no targeting at all. And so you can definitely be successful on Facebook. I'm not saying don't give Facebook a try, but before you jump out there and decide, hey, I'm gonna put all this stuff out there, make sure you know who you're talking to. And the more specific you can get about that conversation, and I mean like you and I sitting down having a conversation, the better traction you're gonna have faster. And if you don't even know if your audience is there, um, or why they're there, then I would say back it up again and figure out, you know, are they there? Why are, what, why are they there? When are you showing up? Are you causing an interruption in their day or are you giving them value? Because that's the other thing is a lot of times people will jump on Facebook because everybody's on Facebook, um, or everybody over a certain age is on Facebook, I should say. And so Number one, not everybody over a certain age is on Facebook. Number two, if your audience is younger than, um, you know, I would say even millennials, they're definitely not on Facebook because their parents and grandparents are there. But third, like I'll have people that um, have very professional businesses and they're like, oh, I'm going to start a Facebook group. I'm like, really? Um, And your audience is like CEOs. I'm like, I can guarantee you if there's a CEO on Facebook, they're not thinking about work when they're on Facebook. They're thinking about connecting with like classmates or potential um, people that they wanna get connected with later um, or building relationships or following sports teams or whatever that is, but they're not thinking about growing their business. Or if, and the same thing goes for LinkedIn. They're like, oh, I'm gonna go hop on LinkedIn and I'm gonna reach out to all these CEOs. I'm like, if people are a CEO, I can guarantee you they're not managing their own LinkedIn account you need to get to the gatekeeper. And so really being cognizant of where you're going, when you're showing up, and whether, you know, what kind of mind frame your audience is in when they're on that social platform. Because if you can't meld those three together, it's going to be really hard for you to get traction. And so um, the same would be, you know, with a networking group. And I walked through the example of my BNI experience, but I have clients that they're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna join the local chamber. I'm like, well that, you know, if you think that's a good fit for you, I think that's great. But if you're joining a local chamber and I just had um, a client actually, we had this conversation and he had been approached by um, a vendor that he works with to join a local chamber and he just moved offices. And I was like, oh, that's, you know, if you think that's a great way for you to build rapport, that's a great way to do it, but let's back it up. Um, and so he was in my, um, one of my original networking groups and I said, okay, so how many of those people are still clients? And he's like one. And I said, and how many people have they sent you? And, and he's like, none. And I said, okay, so how many people are in this group? And he goes eight. And I said, so if all eight of those people became clients, um, what would that do for your business? He's like, well, not a lot. Cause I want 15 new clients a day. And I was like, okay, so what if they each came and then they, um, recommended somebody else. And I said, okay, so how many hours are you spending to 
you know, be involved in this. And, and it's a biweekly meeting. It's two hours long. And then there's an investment of like $400 a year. So we did the math. And I said, so do you think you can bring in this amount of money going to that event with eight people in the group? And ultimately the answer was no. And so there are better ways to reach your audience. And I just want you to, I'm not saying don't do those things. I'm just saying be very cognizant of the number of people you can get in front of, the opportunities you have to get in front of people and how they work with your sales funnel. And so um, those are my three tips for helping you avoid marketing overwhelm. So let's, let's run through them one more time. Number one is to start with the end in mind so you know where you're leading them and you're giving them the breadcrumbs to get there. And if you don't have an end and then back it up from there, it's gonna be really difficult for you to create a sales funnel where they're they're taking step one, step two, step three, and then ultimately buying a product from you. So if you don't have the end in mind, then um, stop what you're doing and back it up and start with, first figuring out, you know, ultimately where you're leading those people. Number two is to look at what you're already doing and take an inventory of it to make sure that what you're investing in is actually working and that you're measuring the results. Because if you're investing in things, you're not measuring the results, you might as well open up the window of your car, take out your wallet and start throwing money out the window because that's what you're doing. Um, And I don't want anybody to do that. I don't know any small business that has the, um, capacity to do that, especially for a longer period of time. So really take a look at, you know, what are you investing in and how are you measuring the results? And then last but not least, um, figure out who your audience is, if you don't know who that is already, where they are, where they're showing up, where they potentially will show up, and what kind of mindset they're in when they're in that place. So if they're not in a business mindset, it's gonna take more effort um, and uh, more creativity to get them to engage and interact with you and then move to the business piece of it. Um, And I'm not saying like, there are definitely businesses out there um, that, will kill it with their product and service on Facebook with, um, you know, depending on who their target market is. So if you're targeting a CEO, but you're targeting him to um, have dinner delivered with one of those box dinner, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but the ones that come with all the, the food already prepared and you just cook it and it takes 20 minutes, that would be, you know, they're busy, of course. They're like, yeah, awesome, do it. And, um, or Instacart, for example, if you're targeting CEOs and they don't even have time to, you know, get their head above water and breathe and you're targeting, targeting them to, um, or you're, you're providing them a solution to do their grocery shopping and have it delivered to their house, everything but put it away. Yeah, that's a great use of your time and money to be on those social platforms after work. So that's what I have for you today. Next week, we're going to jump into a different topic, um, one that is very near and dear to my heart. So I hope to see you then. If you have any questions, comments, or you want to jump into the conversation, come join me on Facebook. You can find me at Elisa M. Connor. Until next week, have a great week, and I'll see you soon. Just a quick reminder that the SMS waitlist is now open. If you're interested in joining that course where I walk you through every step of your marketing so you can attract more clients and convert them into customers, go check it out. alisaconnor.com forward slash SMS waitlist. See you soon.